0: Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of the Articulate Fly, and we're back with another Matt the Hatch with Matt Green. How you doing, Matt?
1: Yeah, how's it going, Marvin? You watch any football this weekend?
0: I, I did. I, I, I Confessions of a Cowboys fan, I watched the Cowboys beat the Chargers yesterday.
1: Oh, I did too on that game-winning field goal.
0: Yeah, that's and that's actually uh, unusual for the Cowboys. Usually they miss those.
1: yeah. I t- I tell you what, man, Sam Darnold looks pretty good. You know, I don't know what they were feeding him in the Jets, but whatever the Jets were feeding him, they're also feeding Zach Wilson right now. Poor fella.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go, poor well, <laughs> <the> poor fella. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll have to see. You know, if the uh, if the Panthers can keep it in the road, but uh, we were talking before we started recording, and we mentioned this a little bit. I think last time we recorded that uh, we want to talk about October Caddis.
1: Yeah, man, let's talk about October caddisflies. And you know, before we were get gone I was saying, you know, it's October caddisfly—the common name for about 17 or 18 species that compose that group—is kind of ironic because they have a wide phenology; they emerge between June and November. Depending on the species, yeah, the bulk of them emerge between September and October, uh, especially in the trout streams in the mountains throughout the Appalachians. But, um, kind of interesting. You know, a lot of people think, "Oh, I'm going to go fish October caddisflies." Well, your October caddisflies, in quotes, Marvin, are emerging in June, July, and August, uh, mostly in the in, in little springs and trickles, and and there's some and. Uh, medium to larger streams. Uh, these are caddisflies that are in the family limnicillidae. Uh, some of them make plant cases as larvae. Some make mineral or rock cases. Uh, some make plant and mineral cases. And there's actually a neat evolution uh, in in case making within this group the basal groups or the, you know, the primitive case-making trait is rock or mineral, and the more derived or more highly evolved traits uh, or plant case-making. So it's kind of interesting. I mean, I, I work with PicnoPsychy, this genus of October caterpillar, uh, for my own dissertation research. So I could go on and on and on uh, for hours about these guys if you'd really want to know more. And, and there are some other general... Within Linnafilidae that are, uh, you know, a little bit like October cataslides, To be honest, these are ironoquia, and some of the uh, Pseudastenophylax are a little bit like October cataslides. These are mineral case-making larvae in the high mountains uh, that are kind of brown. Black or gray in color that emerge May, June, July, August, September, sometimes into October, and the October caddisflies themselves are a lot of those species are orange, so they get associated with uh, pumpkin time here in the fall. Um, and there's a theory that they are the color that they are oranges, light tans, browns. Uh, Some species with intricate color patterning, some of the cells of the wings are darkened, uh, making them look, uh, some of them are speckled. Some of the, the cells are more solid with dark coloring in the middle. And then some of the cells have no coloring at all. So they're just completely orange to light tan. And there's a theory that they have this coloring to kind of blend in with the leaves. As the leaves change, get more brown and orange, they're safer from predators that way because they're camouflaging amongst the leaf to, try to uh, next to the river or the creek that they emerge from.
0: Yeah, which is a good thing, right? Because they're a pretty big bug.
1: Oh, they are. They are. Uh, most of them are averaging between an 8 to a 10, sometimes as small as a 12. Uh, the females being a little bit larger than the males, they're just packed full of bags in their abdomen. And really after they emerge, they're, they're alive, hanging streamside for a couple of days to a week. And they, they've got one thing on the mind and that's to procreate. And and once they do that, they don't really live for very much longer after that. But they, they tend to come off in waves, Marvin. Uh, most of them, most of the species will emerge for about two to three, maybe four weeks in any given area, uh, with the adults hanging around for a week or so, coming off in waves, uh, emerging late into the night. We're talking 10, 11 o'clock. You know, it's fall when the bulk of these species are emerging. Mostly the picknips like you look well into, the picknips like you so and so. These are stick case makers, as larvae with two ballast sticks on either end of a, as a flattened plant case uh, that has a tube. Think of it just as a long cylinder with two sticks on the side, and uh, these guys are found throughout most of our mountains. That they emerge. 10, 11 o'clock at night, and as they emerge, they're actually kind of a light tan, a, a very light uh, orange, without much marking. And this is what we call teneral individuals. So when you're fishing emergent, you really want to fish these October caddisflies with uh, with more lighter wing patterns than you would later adult. I mean, you can fish the adult during the day and kind of prod banks riverbanks where these caddisflies are going to be flying around. That's a good move. If you're actually fishing emergence, then these are all brave souls more than doing this, you know. Fall temp, it's a little cool when the bulk of these guys are coming off. So you got to be willing to kind of stay around and and, and brave the mid, lower 50s, upper 40s. And the caddisflies will still come off until about, you know, 45, 48 degrees is about when they stop emerging. But, you know, they'll come off and up until about those temps, air temps, not talking water temps. Uh, but at that point, water temps are really kind of mimicking air temps for the most part when we get into the fall, water starts to really cool off a good bit. Uh, the most species rich place for thickness psyche, these October cassiflides I've ever seen. It's actually the Davidson River, where as many as seven or eight species are found. I and mean, kind of incredible. Some of our streams in western North Carolina uh, just have an incredible diversity of these guys. And then as you move further up, further up the Appalachian chain, places in the West Virginia, Maryland, Pennsylvania, Vermont, New Hampshire all have thick populations of these cataswares. Uh, there are some that are only in spring. These are the Picnopsychi gentilis throughout the Appalachians and then gentilis inflavata and in a new species called Latova. Uh, mostly uh, in small springs throughout the mountains, although the gentilis uh, species can be found all the way into the Piedmont of, of the southeast. And these caddisflies have, a uh, as adults, they have wings that are all one color, uh, typically a light orange, and they're stone case makers in the final larval in store developmental phase. And then you have uh, some species with just a couple little dots on the in the margin of the wing. These are lepida, Subbethiata, in Indiana. Typically, in our neck of the woods, more than Subbethiata in Indiana, tend to be in the coastal plain in the Piedmont with Lepida in, in those regions and the mountains, size is about the same as those Gentilis colvada and Latova. And we're all talking, you know, those uh, Gentilis caddisflies and their their sister species for a good eight or 10 and you can fish them with a CDC wing like, We've talked about in the past, Marvin, with a thick, tapered body, uh, typically a, an, an orange or a light, a light to dark tan. It always will work well. Uh, one of the species I've seen that tends to be darker would the Picnicyche gutifera. And, and those are by far the largest of the adults. Those are a solid eight, um, or an oversized or overtight number 10 uh and those caddisflies range anywhere from the Minnesota down the Mississippi into Tennessee up to up the Tennessee River basin into Tennessee and then into the Ohio drainage into Pennsylvania, West Virginia, New York and then down the new from the Ohio into Virginia, North Carolina and then South Carolina and Georgia in the in the um the upper end of the Chitugu River drainage. Tend to be associated with mountain habitats and colder water or cool water habitats of the Cumberland plateau in Tennessee and then into Ohio. And then really another very widespread species is Picnopsycho scabrabinus. These are plant case makers as larvae and the adults are about a size 10 to an 8th they have speckled wings. Really tough to imitate. Not so sure that the trout and other fishes that key in on these species really care all that much about wing patterning and the scabby tennis group, but definitely something to keep in mind. This species ranging all the way from the southeast through the northeast out into Arkansas in Missouri. Not really up in the upper Midwest, and then into the, the main Ohio River Basin, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois. Not really found to there
0: is abundant. That's pretty neat. And when I think about October caddis, I think about swinging soft hackles.
1: Oh, you can. But I'm telling you, on rivers where they're most abundant, these are, these are medium, the larger-sized rivers with lots of leaf detritus. The larvae eat leaf detritus. The larvae are really fishable. As larvae in January, February, March, April, sometimes in May, then the larvae go into a, a resting phase. They they uh, they get up uh, in a root log along the riparian ed- edges of rivers and streams, and some of them probably get way, way, way up in there and group together, and, and that will help them as they emerge uh, find mate. Uh, right after they emerge, they group together that way. as more it increases the survival in the in the adult phase. Um, so after May, in May, June, and July, in parts of August, these predominant species, Scabrafinis peninsularis, uh, Gentilis, and then Liquilenta, and so and so, you know, they're not really fishable to the fly fishermen. Um, and that's something people don't really realize. You can fish the larvae or uh, March, April, and then before that, February and January, but summer not that good is <laughs> not that good. Uh as the adults for most of these species began to emerge in bulk in September, and October once the temps drop, you can fish soft tackles that you almost have just as much success as prodding riverbanks and underbrush, uh, under tree looms and things like that, where the adults are resting and occasionally fall in. Uh, most adult mating occurring in vegetation with the females, then egg laying sometime in the, the evening. Of course, as we talked about earlier, emergence happening throughout the night, as with most any large insect, uh, that's a a behavior that's uh, you know, deeply conserved within the lineage of this this group to avoid predators by emerging at night. You decrease your risk of being eaten. Still, uh, we have good high, fishable, high fish populations. They will feed on these things throughout the night. And it become, and in some places, it's as thick as hexogenia. Now, I've been a part of some really good sickness psyche, uh, emergence event, kind of short-lived, just going for a couple of days and, and you really have to get lucky and just be in the right spot at the right time that it happens. And it's fun. It's kind of that last shot of, of uh, fishing for the season, that last big punch besides the trico in many places throughout the Northeast, especially.
0: Yeah. And so on the dry fly front, are you fishing like, you know, big, uh, like bushy stimulators or something like that? Or do you have a different dry fly pattern you like?
1: Oh, I'm, I'm fishing my big CDC pattern. So you tie in approximately, uh, three to four, uh, feathers of CDC. You can include the stems, uh, mostly using the light tan or ginger. uh I think it's, uh, 043 color code for hairline dubbing. Uh, Typically use that for uh, the wing color for for many of the species, although you might want to go darker based on what you see around you that match the emergence so to speak more than... And then use a dubbing weight tool that spins a dubbing body. Uh, As I talked about earlier, this could be like orange to tan to brown, depending on the species that you're trying to imitate. And some of these creeks are going to have easily three or four. Uh, And they're going to be receiving species from spring. Uh, For example, a medium to large size stream here in the southern Appalachians will probably have a healthy population of so-and-so, Uh These are um, kind of Tan to light brown wings with um, tan, light tan or light orange body depending on, you know, there's uh, definitely some phenotypic variation or different variation between streams, but that's about, that's pretty typical in a size 10 or an 8. Uh, And then they might also have uh, one of these Speckled, uh, wing pattern uh, species that I talked about, scabbard, and some of those coming in. Uh, and maybe some gentilus, the, uh, species with wings that are all tan or light orange. Uh, but those species are really going to be coming in from spring. The bulk of what you're going to see are the, um, are the detrital plant case makers. And in some of our streams in western North Carolina are going to have your A uh, similar color wing to so and so in the Colenta, but with a little bit more extensive patterning. And, and because that species is so widespread throughout, um, the central and eastern United States, I'll, I'll be sure to give you a picture of that one that you can use, uh, to put on this post morgan. So people will get a good idea. Of, Kind of look at what
0: I'm talking about with moon patterns. Got it. And you know, folks, we love questions at the Articulate Fly. You know, you can email them to us or send them to us on our Facebook or Instagram page. And Matt and I would love to answer, you know, any questions you have about insects uh, in your neck of the woods. I don't know if you have an idea, Matt, what you want to talk about next time. So maybe give people a heads up because uh, I know we ask folks to kind of look around and see, you know, gosh, do you have an October caddis question, but
1: yeah, I mean, you know, give it some thought more than uh, one thing I will say about patterns. These patterns don't necessarily need to be all that much. They don't need to be complex. Uh really it's about size, color, and then ability to float well. If you can get those three things with the October cattail, uh, you'll be in good shape. This, as I said earlier, most of the fishing is going to be at night, ten, eleven o'clock. And you need to have a headlight with a, a good red light on it uh, so you can see where to cast, be efficient, and just make sure your fly is floating. Uh, color and size still does, you know, especially size, still does... Um, know, matter at that point even during night fishing. But making sure the fly is floating it <laughs> means all the difference. Um and you still want to be drag free. Uh don't be don't be scared to use five X. So I mean I think most people will be off oh, I can't see, I'm gonna get hit in the limbs. Uh I need four X. I need three. Uh, the fish doesn't care. It's you know feeding at night. I I don't know about that with these uh, these bug eaters for nighttime fishing, especially ground trout. They're still a little picky. I mean, I made a, gr- a great place, a couple great places in the southeast to go give this a try. I mean, this a, I think more than a lot of people probably a little, a little hesitant to even go give it a try. Uh, great, Some great places in the southeast to go give it a try here over the next at least two, three weeks. Uh, upper Chituba, around the South Carolina. Georgia line, the Davidson in North Carolina. I know they had that big flood, but the fish are still there, folks. Just, <laughs> they're there. Uh, parts of the, the upper French Broad, the north fork of the French Broad, uh, the Toe River drainage, uh, parts of the upper Watauga and the Boone area, even the upper New River streams over in the, the Little River drainage coming out of uh, Great Smoky Mountains in Tennessee. Uh, any of, any of the, 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 smaller creeks in the Cherokee, uh, in Cherokee National Forest area, maybe Rocky Fork, maybe Indian Creek over in Unicoi County, um, you know, the list could go on. Upper, uh, West Fork of the Pigeon, just, just upstream of Waynesville, a, a good 20, 15 minutes Really looking at more your high elevation stuff. Fitness like are larger, earlier in the season, fall season for them, getting progressively smaller as they start to emerge out towards the coast. Uh, later in October, uh, really start to look for some coastal fishing, especially for the scabber pinnace group and blackwater system. They're highly abundant. Indiana. This other Octergic Catus its a good bit smaller. Sorry, Marlon, we didn't really talk about these, but the coastal plains that they tend to be smaller. And we're talking about 12, maybe even 14, not that small. And so they do get smaller, just that the mountain species in mountain populations, in particular, the same species that you might find out in the coastal plain, those in the mountains are just a good bit, good bit larger on average.
0: Got it. Well, you know, folks, uh, you owe it to yourself to get out there and give it a try because we're going to have good uh, October uh, caddis fishing for, I don't know, probably the next three to four weeks, right, Matt?
1: Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, I think the fall is coming on a little fast. It, it I don't think it's going to get super cold that quick, so we should have a good prolonged season here for the next couple of weeks and Based on what I've heard from some other folks, you're supposed to have really good fall colors throughout the mountains and the Piedmont. So, so definitely get out there, have yourself a time, think about stuff we've talked about. Uh, you can certainly go back and re-listen to our podcast and take a little note, take a few notes, something that you think might be informative for you. You know, I know there's a lot of information that's thrown out to you, but really just Take a step back and say, "Okay, how can I use a, just a couple of bits and pieces of this information to be successful?" And you know, what can I take from yeah. um, you know? And, and that's stuff I really want to hear from from listeners. You know, you know what do you want to hear me talk about. How well is some of the information received? And you know, if you're listening to this and it's going one ear and out the other what do we do what do we need to do to improve your you know your utilization of the information on the water you know, let me give me some feedback <laughs> it's always nice to know because you know the reason I do these more than this, folks I'm not paying big bucks for anything <laughs> to do it uh, I just come on as uh, the goodness of my heart to share the information with you to improve your fishing success If there's anything I can do to help you, let me know.
0: There you go, folks. You know, send it to us uh, on our Facebook or Instagram page. Shoot us an email or reach out to Matt directly. Hope you guys have a great time on the water. Tight lines, everybody. Tight lines, Matt.
1: Tight lines, Marvin. Happy fall. It's coming.